is the solution to our problems in the modern world to just leave society and go live in a cabin in the woods? We discuss on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking peoples, thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, film critic, filmmaker, unapologetic homebody, and with me as always is my cautiously adventurous co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, both city boy and mountain man all at once. Mm, you do have that. Like, you do have the beard and, like, sometimes, like, the lumber jacket kind of uh, shirt but also, like you have the shades of a, of of the city boy. It's both aesthetics into one great aesthetic. Yes, uh, represents two very different parts of my personality, both of which I love and adore. And so do we. Speak for yourself. All right, we're getting real mushy here today. We are going to be discussing whether the problems in our life and society would be solved by going off and retiring to a cabin in the woods. But first, Nathan. If people enjoy our conversation and want to engage more with our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.world. Yes, correctly. <laughs> there's a funny story behind this, but we have, I'll tell it later, but we have a main. Um, .com was no longer good enough for us. We are now the overthinkersjournal.world. So that is the place you can go and find out more about your hosts. And send us all of your love and hate mail. Uh, you can also join the private online group, The Overthinkers, on Facebook, where we have over 15,000 overthinkers just like yourself getting into fun discussions over all the fun stuff we talk about here um, and posting a lot of very fun intellectual memes. So please head over there. We want you among our ranks. If you do enjoy the podcast, it really, 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 really does help us if you leave a review. And it really, 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 really helps us if you share with a friend. <laughs> awesome all right well i hope everybody give it everybody a couple moments to do that okay it's done <laughs> now ready to get start started give us five star reviews if you want to leave a three star review it doesn't help us yeah <laughs> just, you know, just don't do it all just just you know just just do something else do something else um but yeah all right are ready to get started let's do it cool escaping the problems of society by going off and living by yourself in the wilderness or even with others has long had a great deal of romance to it. From ancient male initiation rituals where men go off into the woods and come back to say that they are now a man, to classic works about people who leave society for the wilderness like Call of the Wild or Into the Wild, or the popularity of the Western genre in Hollywood. And that romance has not lessened today. Barbara Wendell Berry's poems and novels where he romanticizes rejecting civilization as largely toxic in favor of uh, living in nature and agricultural living are immensely popular. Um... Orthodox Christian scholar and author Rob Dreher recently wrote the massively popular book, The Benedict Option, which advises Christians to leave cities to hunker down in rural communities of other Christians to avoid persecution and corruption. Isolationists and doomsday preppers often make the news. And for the first time in ages, according to the Association of Equipment Manufacturers, which is a sentence I did not think that I would be saying <laughs> anytime soon, um, the number of people moving into rural areas out rather than out of rural areas, is on the rise, whether it's to start farms or small businesses or just get away from the city. Memes abound on the internet that say things to the effect of stop glorifying the grind and start glorifying whatever this is about a picture of a collection of families having a picnic on a plot of land. We shared that on our Overthinkers page. Those who advocate for escaping to the wilderness typically argue that the modern world is dehumanizing with its 
competitive corporate in per in impersonal nine to five existence and shallow transactional relationships, and yet crippling dependency upon other people and that system for your needs. And that it is far healthier living closer to nature where you can live more in keeping with your own values and rely upon yourself with more fulfilling work. Critics usually accuse these advocates of drastically downplaying the benefits of civilization while romanticizing wilderness and mistaking the problems with civilization city life with problems with themselves that they are going to carry with them wherever they go. Nathan, when you see this trend toward going off and starting a way of life away from civilization, what do you think of it? Where do you think it comes from? And do you think it's a healthy trend or a misguided? Okay. Well, um, usually I have really, really like um, uh, <laughs> nuanced questions. Yes. But this is the thing I actually empathize with. Um, so if you've been listening to the podcast or know me at all, you know that for the last 15 years of my life, I have been living in um, major cities. I moved to New York and then to LA and then to New York and then to LA and then to New York. So I've been going back and forth between the two <laughs> largest cities in the US. And I loved every minute of living in the, well, maybe not every minute, but I've like, I like the majority of my minutes in these places. There, there's a special place in my heart for New York and LA. Right now I'm sitting in Los Angeles. Joseph is sitting in New York City. Um, cities are where people are. Cities are where people um, come together and build things and make beautiful art and and eat food from around the world. Cities are exciting. Cities are the place where you walk down the street and feel like you are on a Broadway play. There's an energy. There's a beauty. There's a magic to living in cities. I, I loved living in cities. But that was the last 15 years of my life. Before then... Um, I spent many, many years, I moved around a lot as a kid um, to many different places, and a few of those places were very rural. Uh, there was at one point I lived um, for for years on a ranch in the middle of Texas, a 200-acre ranch, and um, the memories I have of being on this ranch um, were beautiful. I, I would run in the fields and through the trees. I made forts. I wrestled with my friends. I pretended I was Aragorn. Um, the, yes. I had of running in my... 200 acre backyard. Um, and also, if you know me, you know that I love the mountains of Colorado, that that I, I that very much of my soul is is shaped around having spent so much time gazing at the beauty of creation as I walked through those trails and and wild places. So I have this deep appreciation for both cities and wild. And I think what I'm inter what is interesting to see uh, kind of culturally, um, but also personally is uh, th there are these moments that during the year um, that I'll have this thing where I, I, I'm so excited to be in the city and I'll be there and then I'll just get exhausted and I can't do it. And my mind will start going to this place where I long for wildness, where there's nothing man-made, um, where there's nothing there. And very often um, I, I have I've tracked the these times of my life where I'm like, I got to get out of here. I want to go and run in fields and, and walk through mountains and sit on the you know seashores. Um, and I tracked my emotional and mental state to when those things have happened in my life. And Funny. what I have is very often it's when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm depressed, when I'm anxious, um, when there's when there's too much and I need to get away somewhere. And so I have this deep desire and this thing that happens in my head where, Nathan, the answer to your life is going to the answer to all this this trouble or difficulty that you're having is going to be, get, quote, getting away from it all. And starting a life in a quote cabin in the woods, and and I've had this fantasy for years, for decades. In fact, I can see myself. I am, you know, um, I'm writing my novel inside of a tiny cabin next to a brook that's babbling. I wake up to my coffee and I gaze at the beautiful nature around me. And in my head, I'm going, "This is going to solve it all. This is true 
and beautiful ha <clears throat> happiness. But here's what happens. I go home and I and I do. I, I soak up the beauty of the wild, of nature, mm -hmm. of God's creation. And I do that for, let's say, three months. And then all of a sudden, there's that little feeling in me that says, man, I wonder what's going on in New York. Man, I'd love to walk down those beautiful streets right now. Man, I'd love to be in Los Angeles and be on a movie set. Man, I'd, I'd love to be with people right now. And so I've, I've really struggled because I have this kind of dichotomous part of my head and my mind um, that longs for these two very different things that are both beautiful in their own right and can't exist at the same time, the same place. Wait, and wait. so so I'm going to get to culture now. Uh, as you said, this has been going on forever. We've seen this in books, but especially recently, if you look across TikTok and YouTube um, and, and just when you talk to people, there's been a rise, and this is anecdotal, please let me know if I'm, if I'm right or wrong, but in, in my um, perspective and experience, there's been a rise in people kind of romanticizing this life out of the dystopia they call modern society. And so there's been a rise of people buying land and, and moving out to the fields um, a, a van life, but that's a huge thing on TikTok or, or, or Instagram. And, and you see people who buy, who sell their apartment or their house um, in the city, they buy a van, they they build like a tiny little bed and sink inside of it. And they're like, this is my life now. I'm going to go and just live, you know, driving around um, the, the wild in my van. Uh, turns out what ended up happening is all that, like the majority of those people got tired of that and want to go back to the city. And so all of a sudden there's this huge influx of um, of decked out vans that no one else is using. People did that during the pandemic a lot. But but I see this as a rise that there's kind of a romanticization of, um, and you know, it looks different, different to people. A lot of guys are like, I want to go be a cowboy. Um, and and what happens in, in women cultures, I want to go live uh, you know, on a beautiful uh, place where I can walk through the fields and write poetry. Um, both do both, by the way. Sorry, I'm not. <laughs> Making that any, but I have noticed. Are that you to be saying men can't walk through the fields and write poetry? Then <laughs> here, women can't be cowboys. Shoot! <laughs> and men can't write poetry. We'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> Some men shouldn't write poetry. <laughs> okay, but yeah, this, this has been a thing. Like all over my TikTok, I see like we moved out of the city, and now I'm you know making bread and. And um, with with wheat, I grew out of my garden and you know, whatever, you know, and that's great. That's wonderful. That is a beautiful life. I, I'm not denigrating that life, but it does seem to be there's this kind of culture wide draw towards this kind of life all of a sudden. And I understand because there is some dystopianistic elements to the world we're living in. And it, there are elements that you want to escape. You know, a lot of times I would find that desire to escape out of this um when I would engage with, when I would watch politics, there's so much strife and division and it's crazy and I can't have control of it. You know, at least I could have control over a little place out in the wilderness that's just mine. At least there's control. But I do think it's, uh, and so I understand all of it. And again, both cities and wilderness are wonderful and the good lives can be lived in both places. But that's the thing. Yeah. When we start saying that only a good or quote, what I really see, real life can be lived in mm -hmm. one place, that's where I go. I don't think that's right because I've experienced both and I've experienced the fullness and beauty of both. And I can tell you both of them have things that the other don't and both are beautiful. So what I guess what we're talking about today is, is this something that's good? You know, if you have the inclination, like I have many times, mm -hmm. should you do it? Should you be like, all right, sayonara, I'm out of here. I'm going to live in the woods. And not only should you do it, will it answer yeah. and create those deepest desires and fears and hurts and whatever it might be? Um, and provide the catharsis, provide the life, provide the, the romanticized idea of the life you want. Will it do that if you do? 
And um, we're going to dive into this more, but that's kind of where I, I just want to let everyone know where I'm coming from. On yeah. this. I, I not biased. I actually love both. Um, but that's the problem. We set up the problem. We set up my experience. Joseph, I want to hear your thoughts just really before I even get an answer on this whole issue. Why are people doing this? What is what's going on? So, yeah, this is this is really fun for me because you're you're the one everybody's go like in this topic, because I have to sit here and be like, I have never found any joy in being out in the wilderness or being like you. You took me out to like the most wildernessy, ranchy, westerny place in, you know, it, it, that, you know, I've been for to, for like for like a couple of weeks to film like a movie. And it was amazing the filming the movie part. But like I took walks around this wildernessy place and I can tell you I felt nothing like when I am in like the wilderness. I feel, right. I don't maybe there's something broken in me. Like, you know, I mean, again, as a Christian, I know there's lots of things broken in me, but maybe this particular thing is a very, but I've never felt that attraction to the wilderness, to the open, you know, small town life. I can sort of see the appeal to, because it's like, you know, it's still, you know, people there and kind of things happening, but at a slower pace, you know, but you know, the, the level of isolation, it just feels like a, it, it's not had the same retraction or amazing, but I know that for understand other people's attraction, 100%, 100%. Intellectually, I understand it. And philosophically, I'm like, no, this is a good, healthy thing. Again, I know all the science and the data behind it, how like, how positive, like people need it. So I, I will go out into nature because like, well, this is good for me. Even if I don't feel it, I know it's good for me. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's absolutely something incredibly valid and, and something that people should do. And that's very healthy. Um, what it's interesting is I see, you know, but like you pointed out now, I don't, again, I have, wasn't able to find a lot of like ex high data about that. It's happening more now that people are saying, oh, I'm going to go off and do this stuff, but it seems anecdotally to be true. And I, I saw, you know, again, like the, was it that farmer's weekly thing, whatever like that agricultural side that's, that shows that people are moving to more toward rural areas. And, you know, I think it makes total sense again, like you said, if you spend a lot of time in one place and you're kind of miserable with everything that's tiresome about that place, going somewhere else where you have a lot less of that stuff makes a lot of sense. Like you said, there's a lot to be annoyed about in the city. You know, yeah. there's a lot, I mean, a lot, and a lot of it is other people because people are annoying. <laughs> Who said other people are hell who was that how it, uh, it was either it was like voltaire or or something like that you said hell is other people yes yeah the, the the conclusion to that everyone only quotes that part but i think the conclusion was um but heaven also is which is really interesting that is like, yeah that's that's great uh it's either it's either sartre or voltaire or one of those kind of pretentious french philosophers um <laughs> but yes it it's um so i i i'm just purely on that basis, like, yeah, getting away, that makes total sense. And I think that's why I get people take vacations. Like, you know, they do like, okay, I'm going to live here. And like you, like people like you who like can live in like one place and then go somewhere else and go back and forth. Like that's really helpful for people to be able to do if they have the means to do that. And that's, we'll get to that aspect of it later. Um, but oftentimes what I find is that when people are saying they want to go live in a cabin in the woods because X... You know, um, and there's a difference between saying I want to live in like a, a like a very rural area and farm and stuff like that versus I want to live in a cabin in the woods. It's slightly different, but it's like you know when I would like get away from civilization, like it's like because X. You know, I I typically hear them say things like because I don't want to work so much, 
And it's like, you do realize that wherever you go, you're going to be working a lot. Like you are work the same amount. You're just not going to get to sit down while doing it anymore. Yes. It's like, it's like, I want to live on a farm where I don't have to work so much. Do you realize what it is? on a farm is, right? At 4.30 in the morning, I'm milking cows. Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows. Fool. <laughs> you know, so it's like, there's that aspect. It was like, I don't want to work so much. But they're kind of like, okay, well, okay, but no, but I want to work somewhere where, you know, I'm. it feels less dehumanizing to work on a farm. Is it? Which, and there's a certain degree that makes sense. You know, Karl Marx, and again, I, I always throw up on my mouth a little bit whenever I quote Karl Marx, but what he said is talked about that fact that modern world has sort of alienation from their labor, as he put it, which is, but, and we've talked about this before, but you know, it is a good insight where it's like, you know, it used to be like, again, you're a farmer, like you, you know, you, you give, you, uh, you know, raise the pig, you raise the cow that you milk, that you put on the table, the milk that you put on the table, you see the whole meaning of your work, you know, all at once. Whereas now, you just, you know, you you have, you do, you build a widget for somebody else that goes somewhere else. You never get to see the fruits of your labor in that way. Did this very well, where their entire work, they don't even know what they're doing. They're playing yes. games, getting numbers, and they have zero idea what it's accomplishing. And, and it's what's, in dead need of what, what's the, the result. What's the title of that again? A Severance, the, the TV Severance, show. Yes, that is, that was the perfect example of that, of that is like, there is a different, and so when people are saying like, I'm tired of that, and I want to go somewhere where my work is like, that's an incredibly valid thing. Now, will you still feel like your life is meaningful if you go, you know, away from civilization? Because as you pointed out, you know, we have, again, we talked before, we have higher, high rates of anxiety, depression growing generationally. Each generation has had more depression, anxiety than will before. Um, Dr. Jane Twenge documents this very well in her book, uh, uh, Generations. Um, and, um, the thing is, one of the big reasons why is because we're disconnected from community so much nowadays. Mm. And the thing is, you know, and we, we, that's, that's fairly well established. It's like where we don't have tight knit bonds with other people is one of the biggest reasons. Are you going off into a cabin in the woods? Is that going to make that better or worse? Are you going to be, have tighter or looser bonds with other people? Well, maybe if you decide you're going to go like, you know, drag your whole extended family out there and you're going to kind of be sort of nearby other people. It's like, but most people don't actually want that. They don't, they, they're, they are in the city right now because they don't want to be near their extended family. They don't want to, you know, so it's like, so they're, my question always is what problem are you trying to solve and will this actually do it? Um, but the idea that, like you said, again, I'm always ringing the drum of we don't live in a dystopia that people say that we're living in, but there are dystopian aspects of our situation. We are living in an age that makes us more depressed because of our alienation from our labor, from our alienation from relationships, from our alienation from God, you know, and higher values, transcendent values. Those things make us depressed. And the nine to five, and again, like it's a part of that. And so people feeling that and wanting to solve it in some way by going back to a time when fewer of those problems existed, that feeling of alienation, and they it, it is makes total sense to me. Yeah, it, it does to me too. And I think, so there's a lot of here where we're, we're not going to, if you're looking for us to say cities are better or being out of the wilderness, yeah, yeah. 
not going to do that because the reality is, like I said earlier, um, there, there's good and bad to both. But the problem comes in in which we believe that one will solve everything. Yeah. And right now it seems the common belief, um, and maybe it's because, you know, we're, we're used to it and this is where most people uh, are, is that the problem is society, we have to leave it. And then our problems will be solved. And so that's where I go, well, actually, that's not true because I've experienced problems and they're unique, but sometimes they're very, very similar in both places. As someone who's lived years in both okay. different kinds of places, I can tell you the same problems exist. Um, and, and usually, I'm sorry, they're they're in your heart and your head and um, you know your, your psychology and your emotions more so than they are a problem of, uh, and I'm not saying that there's not problems with society, um, but I, I do think to create this kind of totalistic answer that I need to give it all up and then I'll be happy is a childish way to look at it. And it's one that doesn't take in the the nuance and reality of every different kind of life. Um, yeah, so I, I think as I look at this and as I look um, at the growing trend towards people's kind of idealization and romanticization of this thing, you know, I, I for a lot, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that I, um, I do. And there was a time in my life when I had a high interest in studying the the formation and existence of cults. It's ah, interesting. Yes. Um, one of the core. We need beliefs, to do another cult episode at some point. We haven't done that we, in a while. This will touch on it because it's so relevant here. Yeah. And one of the one of the most attractive factors, if you look at how these cults drew in the people, um, and these are like Harvard graduates. These are not you know crazy people who they just pick up on the side of the street. Some cults were, but many of them were filled with normal people like yourselves, like the people listening right now. Um, and so, you know, there's kind of this ideal I could ever get uh, invited into a cult. Well, what cults did was they preyed on desires and then they created an image of that was you know steeped in, in romanticism that kind of gave you this image of, oh, that's what my life can be. And every single cult that we've seen that I've studied anyway, most of them um, have taken place um, out in a rural area. And one of the marketing tactics they use is you need to leave society to be happy. And the only way you could ever be happy, fulfilled, less anxious, whatever it might be, is to leave society and come out here. And so, you know, they kind of, quote unquote, solve the community problem. Oh, okay, I'm going to leave society that's awful and whatever, and I'm going to go to a rural area with a bunch of people we all think alike, and um, that's going to solve my problems. Turns out most of these cults, uh, almost <laughs> almost ev every one of them um, ended in um, great violence, great abuse, um, or, you know, you, you look at the Waco or... or um, uh, uh, or the, the Guyana cult, you know, it's just amazing what ended up happening. Inevitably, yeah. they did with great, great, sad, terrible, um, tragic events happening. And so, but most of those people went out to these cults, um, believing that the answer to their problems was outside of society in a mm -hmm. segregated place in the wilderness. Now, that is not to say that if you have a desire to go get a farm, um, that you were not going to become a cult member and, you know, it'll end in tragedy. Um, but that is to say that this idea, this kind of this totalistic thinking where we think that this one thing is going to solve everything isn't true. Yeah. That's not going to happen. And that this is a longstanding reality in many people's minds. Yeah. This is what people have felt. And so, you know, one, I want to validate that feeling. Yes, I understand that, uh, not just validate it from a third party, but I have felt with you overwhelmed by modern society via technology or the workload or the amount of emails you get every day, or the or the politics that are just ripping everything apart and friendships, or just, or even aside from all that, just the isolation you feel, uh, that you can feel in a city when you feel like you're around a million people 
and you're totally alone and isolated. I understand that. What I'm going to tell you is the answer isn't necessarily that you should go and remove yourself from it. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and that there's no good in it and that the only answer is to go and, and yeah. isolate yourself away from society. Um, what I always tend to come back to, and this is something I've learned over many years uh, in both studying psychology and theology, which is this idea of balance. You know, I'm going to get a little theological here. If we believe that God has created the world and we we believe in the fine tuning of the universe, that that he has uh, made things to work in a particular way and that by studying nature, we can understand his nature. Um, so one of the things that we see in nature is balance and we see ebbs and flows. We see tides in, tides out. We see seasons. And in every day, I think seasons are a perfect um, kind of image for what this is. In seasons, you need different things, right? In winter, you need a coat. In spring, you need some rain boots. In mm -hmm. summer, you need a swimsuit. And in fall, you need, um, I don't know, a uh, whatever you need in fall. Uh, <laughs> Pumpkin spice lattes. Exactly. Uh, so, but we see, um, we see this balance that God created the universe with. And so I think what God didn't do is have totalistic um, uh, extremist behavior. We see that there's this beautiful give and take and, and detailed way that he created um, both nature to exist, but both us to live. And so one of the things I found very helpful in, in this for me when I have those moments, I'm like, I want to go and live in the, and get, get rid of society. I don't want to talk to anyone. I want to email again. I'm going to throw away a computer. And when I start idealizing that, um, what I do is I come in and say with my logic, well, Nathan, that's not true. You love the city. You love being a part of things. You love um, that there, there's people and art and, and creation, but you might need some time away from it. You go and remove yourself for a time. Okay. Uh, so you're not going to find the eternal answer just sitting out and, uh, you know, on a rock, on a cliff, uh, meditating, but you might need to go spend some time doing that. And so it's just, what I've learned in my life is this idea of balance, that there's beauty in both places. Mm -hmm. Both places are needed at different times. Um, but that's something you kind of start thinking about conceptualizing before you just sell your apartment or, yeah. you know, whatever it might be and just move to the wilderness um, or buy a van or whatever it might be for in, in your particular situation is that might be a necessary thing to do for a time. But this is yeah. not a total answer. The reality is the same doubts and fears oh. and, um, and and struggles and darkness that lived in me in the city we're still out in nature. And yes, maybe I was, I needed that time to grapple mm -hmm. with them and heal from them, <clears throat> but they didn't leave me. I am me wherever I go. Mm -hmm. I'm going to carry around the same thoughts, the same insecurities, all the same stuff. And so what the easy answer would be to come up with some external solution to mm -hmm. that. Well, if I just go here, then it'll be solved, but that's not the reality. So what I have found helpful is finding the balance mm -hmm. that the, the good thing for this season, this is a good thing for this season. You know, we have Christmas, we celebrate Christmas yeah. at a, and then it's over, we move on to the new year. Um, and that's when we, a whole different kind of, um, of psychology takes over. And that's the reality with us too. Good. There are good things at different times in your life, but this, um, but the fantasy, I'm going to get a little more into kind of the, the, the movement that we've seen kind of take, uh, especially in the church world. Um, but the, there's a fantasy that continues to live. That is a totalistic answer. He mimics the structure of what many cults use okay. uh, to draw people in. And so, you know, there's a book a while ago you referenced in the opening called The Benedict Option. The Benedict Option, um, again, you might love it. That's totally fine. Write me, tell me I'm wrong. But the thing I didn't like about the concept from that book was the only way to exist was escape culture. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and that you had to go off and segregate yourself and sequester your your little group in a place where all of you just share the same values and believe the same things and nope. basically intentionally create a bubble, which is mm-hmm. which is interesting. And that somehow is going to make you happy. Um, but I I think it's interesting as I look at Jesus's life. I mm-hmm. think that's an incomplete and um, I think it's a, a, a it's unhealthy yeah. um, that mentality. Uh, what I see in Jesus is, listen, Jesus went off for 40 days into the desert. And, well, one, he had a lot of trouble there. That was no ballpark. But <laughs> he, but also Jesus constantly went off and, you know, yeah. he, he escaped the crowds. That's ah, good the, point. That, that's a needed thing. And Jesus did it. But what did he do? He always came back. And for the purpose and for what he considered and what was his purpose. Now, whether you like it or not, if you are someone, particularly who believes in God and believes they have a responsibility to change the world and make it better, make yeah. it more beautiful, that's going to happen in cities. And that's going to happen by affecting culture and engaging with people who believe, think, look um, differently than you. And so, yes, while you might need to get away, if you have that desire to be purposeful and to affect the culture you're mm-hmm. in and to um, have a... a um, an engagement and a shaping uh, uh, power mm-hmm. over the society you find yourself in, that's not going to happen by you escaping. And that's mm-hmm. not even going to bring you happiness. As we know, happiness is very much tied to purpose. Mm-hmm. And there's high purpose in affecting people and culture and feeling that you are a part of, even in a small way, making the world better. Um, and so that, that's a lot of things to throw out the wall. And I hope there's something there Joseph can comment on. But uh, yeah, su- sum me up. That was a lot of things. <laughs> no, no, I think you make an excellent point talking about the aspect of balance of like, look, what you are, if you say, I just need to get away and sell everything, sell my possessions and be a hermit, you know, you may be experiencing something that's a temporary need and not yeah. a permanent need. So allow yourself to have the, you know, um, uh, the temporary need and don't commit yourself philosophically or whatever to the permanent need right now so that's a good an excellent thing and to embrace the fact that sometimes some of your days are going to be you know some sometimes you're going to be by yourself and sometimes you're going to be with other people sometimes you're going to be um you know in the wilderness and sometimes you're going to be in uh in cities and 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 towns and things like that that's all a good thing now of course there are caveats and you i think you did an excellent job pointing this to jesus when jesus was like i need me time and again if we believe like he was a perfect human being and he still was like, mm, no, I'm done. Me time. I was like, I mean, people were saying, hey, we need you to heal our sick. And he's like, nope, I got to go pray. I got to go pray. You know, so like that is a healthy thing to desire that some of, some of the time. And so I think that that's something to embrace, but interpret it in that way. The other aspect of this is, and you make an excellent, another excellent point on, on this end, which is that I say, some of these things are not going to solve the problems. Is that if you are a Christian, you can say, well, if you're a Christian, at the very least, you know, you kind of have a moral obligation not to isolate yourself because you are called by God to make other people's lives better. And again, I've heard some of these, some of these critiques of the Benedict Option, where, you know, somebody, I mean, one one professor who said that's a he's as he put it, he says, that is a white privilege philosophy. <laughs> because it's like it's saying we will actually be all okay all of us like us, if we just leave everybody else. It's like, well, yeah, but that leaves all the people who need your help without help. So there is yeah. an aspect of this that is actually certainly selfish, 
But if you're a Christian, kind of unchristian to say, right. I'm not, I'm going to do something to protect myself and not work to be benefiting other people. It's also a difficult, you know, thing in terms of will you actually get what you want? Because, like, you know, again, without getting like specifically political, is like, you know, if you're afraid of, you know, your children being influenced by groomers out there, the reality is they're much more likely to be groomed by people within their families and communities. And so yeah. if you're going, if you're saying, I'm afraid of the people out there, you also have to be afraid of the people in here. The rates of, again, the rates of that are much higher within your group than outside yeah. your group. And so that's where I always go back to. What problem are you trying to solve? And will this actually solve the problem you're trying to solve? For example, like one problem with cities that is a reality of cities, and I've felt the pain of this, you know, just reality, like, you know, Nathan used to live in New York and now he's in California. And it's like um, people in cities tend not to stay. Yeah. And we do know that, again, you know, meaningful work, work that you feel like is fulfilling to you. And being deeply connected to tight knit communities of other people is one of the most, two of the most important things for your happiness. When you're in a city, oftentimes you're going to be doing work that's not meaningful, or you're not going to feel it's meaningful. And you're going to be developing relationships with people that can't get too deep because they keep leaving. If your thing is, I want to live someplace where the lifespan of a person staying there is longer because I want to have more of a tight knit community. And say, okay, I let me find a place where that is more likely to happen, a smaller town, so I can say that. I think is a fair, like, you know, response to that problem, you know, because that is a real problem that is real specific to cities, and you are going to probably solve that problem better in a slightly different area. So that would be so like, okay, I affirm that. That's something you want in your life, and you want great. That makes sense. But that's solving an actual problem with an actual solution. If you're wanting to say. But also, you know, it, but also like if you can find meaningful long-term relationships in cities, then why go somewhere else? You know, if you can find meaningful work while you're in a city, then you, why go somewhere else? What are you trying to solve by leaving there? Um, you know, it, it, I, what I always ask is, you know, you know, cause I, again, I, I am, I, again, I, I have friends who move away from the but I also have deep relationships and I have access to having meaningful work. That is harder to do other places. That said, some of it, again, I'm doing most of my work remotely now, which is now opening up my ability to do, you know, be anywhere, which is one of the interesting things I'm that I think is one of the big reasons why a lot of people started to move to rural areas is they're actually able to do some of the work that they want to do um, from anywhere. And, yeah. you know, that the that was the pandemic was a big part of the the sort of move to rural areas aspect. So you know, I think that, but again, if you're saying I want to move to, you know, um, somewhere else because I'm going to work less, I, their only way you're going to work less is if you have a, more money than you have needs. And, yeah. well, and, there's, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, and so I think that, it, I think that, no, I, I just to say, say that is that I think that you know, most of the problems I hear people talk about are not solved. Certainly, they're not going to be solved by you becoming a hermit. You're only going to become more depressed, you know, and more weird and 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 all that stuff. That does not, we know that does not bring happiness, you know, uh, you know, if 
if you're fighting, okay, I want to find community somewhere else in a smaller sense, you might be able to have that, but you have to figure out that's actually what you're wanting. You know, I just want people to think more through more what the actual problem is that they're having and what the actual solution would be. This is exactly it. I think what's interesting to me is I see this um, this parallel between Please. these two desires. And so we, we have these kind of tropes right now. The modern trope right now that we're experiencing is I got to get out of society and leave. I'm just overwhelmed. I can't stand it. I got to go out to the nature, right? Totally understandable, by the way. But there's an older trope that's really interesting that we see in a lot of movies and a lot of books, which is the small town kids who live in a world like I want to go to the city. I got to get out of this small town. There's nothing happening here. It's just podunk or whatever. And so they have this, this idealization of what a city life would be like. And it's actually the same desire. And mm -hmm. so what that's a really interesting kind of analogous thing here that's happening, which is we believe the answer to our lives is somewhere else with something else. And yeah, you know, I talked about this just in the, in the context of um, being an actor, yeah. you know, I'll be happy when I get to this, if I do this. And what I what I see as a problem with a lot of our uh, society right now is a lack of commitment. Um, mm. And I don't self to um, to things that don't that aren't uh, uh, worthy of yeah. your commitment. But I do see that in an age in which we don't have to commit to things, um, you know, uh, divorce is easier than ever. Yeah. Marriages falling apart. Um, getting a new job is easier than ever. So we see people going from career to career to career to career to career. Uh, whatever it might be, you know, even just um, it, it's easy to find everything is on an app and you can kind of yeah. hyper this is gonna make me happy. Now, I mean, we see this in dating, right? We see this yeah. in the uh, app dating, which it is this person's gonna make me happy. Go on a date for a few dates. Oh, they make me happy. But there's probably another person out there that's gonna make mm -hmm. me happy. So I'm swiping. And so there's this there's this thing that I see and it's just a human inclination, but I think it's been hyper exploited. Um, right now, maybe that's a problem with society, uh, but it's been hyper exploited to where we believe that there's something that's not where I am right now or what I have right now that's going to fulfill me <laughs> because I'm doing it. And wherever you are right now um, and wherever you're dreaming about being or, or fantasizing about being somewhere else, um, I would encourage you to take a really hard and introspective look at your world and where you are right now yeah. and are you going to the city or are you going to other uh, rural areas to just get away from all your problems so you can start over and have something else um that, that's an understandable desire but look at the desire and kind of in inspect it and say am i just trying to escape something <laughs> i'm proactively going to do something am i am i just trying to get away from this podunk town or get away from this crazy society mm -hmm. because it's a reaction and you're doing something out of reaction or are you going out of proaction we're actually going to somewhere to do something. And I think this can happen in both uh, cities and rurally. Right. I think that, um, uh, that in, in another aspect of this is that we're all created for different things. We yeah. have different different personalities, different skills. And your skill set is something, your skill set need desires um, and passions is something to really investigate and say, aside from these fantasies about where yeah. I'm going to be happy or what's going to fulfill me, Look at what your skill set is. What were you created to do? It's very theological um, kind of understanding of this. What did what, what were you designed to do? And are you able to do it where you are? And where are you best able to do that? That's a proactive way to think about where you should be. And yeah. what you should. It's not a reactive one. Um, a lot of times I think it's easier, um, you know, when I've been overwhelmed, it's easier to just escape someplace than yeah. to act 
confront and deal with the problems that you're facing in your life. It's easier just to run away, right? Yeah. And that can be in both in city or rurally. Yeah. It's easy. I'm done with this family and this town and these people yeah. are, are annoying to me. I'm going to go to a city and that's going to solve everything. Or it's I'm done with society and whatever. Yeah. I'm going to build a Um, But both, I think, are not good reasons. Yeah. Um, to do whichever whichever way you're going to do that. I think it's, uh, again, I'll, I'll just say one last time, it, the best way to think about this is to proactively go after something that you want to build, um, do, dream, desire, and commit to that thing that that utilizes the best of your skills and ability. Um, don't just run away from something when it's hard. And that's what I worry is happening with this mm-hmm. new um, rise of, um, of uh, I got to get out of society. Is you know the thing is society is only going to get worse unless we have people who are dedicated yeah. to helping it become more beautiful, and that can be the society of a small town in a rural area. They need people who are dedicated to staying there and making it better. That also can happen on society as a whole, and that's going to happen in cities where people are dedicated, even when it's hard and frustrating, and uh, whatever it might be, who are dedicated to making society and and people's lives better. And um, I, I think this is a, a an opportunity for us to inspect why it is we're doing the things we're doing and what our actual purpose is you know there's so many separatist groups right now who are like yeah. we gotta oh, e- even right now who are literally leaving cities to go start their little communities mm-hmm. and already we're hearing terrible reports of terrible things going on and part of me thinks it's because there's a reactionary response yeah. to i'm escaping this and then my all my problems can be solved and they weren't because people are people everywhere yeah and problems are gonna be problems ever your loneliness or, or fear or doubt where so really investigate practically what am I designed to do and can I commit to doing that wherever that might be. But that but to answer the question of the actual episode, is the ant in the cabin in the woods? I mean, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. Um, you know, so but though but if you want to decipher it, you need to answer those questions. What was I created to do? What are my skills? What are my passions about? And how am I going to have a um a, an effect on whatever world I've been called to make a more beautiful place. Yes. No, you are made for good work that makes your life and other people's lives tangibly and visibly better. And you're built to do that within close, meaningful relationships with other people across time. Now, are you able to do that where you are to the best of your, uh, the best of what you can? Or would that you be more capable of doing that somewhere else? Not in the fantasy you have about it, but in the reality of what it is actually like. And yes. maybe the and maybe the only way to do that is to try it out, to find out. And that's totally fair, you know. But um but it's real. Well, exactly. a couple weeks. Yes. It's <laughs> yes, exactly. But um uh, but I think most people are not doing the introspection. They don't realize that so much of what is going on is a human thing rather than a society thing. And so, uh, and so I say the answer might be to be in a cabin in the woods, but only if you're able to find in a cabin in the woods meaningful work that touches the lives of others and meaningful relationships there better than you can here. And so much of the city, the problems that we have are self imposed. You can choose not to swipe again. And commit yeah. to the person you're with right now. And you can do that just as easily in the city. You can be more tempted in the city, but you could do that just as easily in the city as you do in the country. So 
ask yourself what problem you're trying to solve and what kind of um and and what kind of person it would take for you to be that that's what i was sort of say but yeah and ask yourself am i actually thinking am i romantic yeah like you said don't go towards a fantasy go yeah. towards a um but ask yourself do i really want to move to a cabin in the woods or i just seen a vacation yes uh, yes <laughs> if you just need vacation do one of those vacation all i ever wanted vacation had to get away that's because that's whether that's yeah uh that's you know down the road or whatever but uh you know ask yourself these questions and they're good questions to ponder as you're figuring yeah. out where quote should be and where yeah. the answer is yeah. but yeah Awesome. I think, you know, hopefully that was helpful for you. We didn't give you the answer for you, but there's too many of you to do that. So hopefully we got you started thinking about the right questions. But now we're going to get started on our blesses and curses segment of the week where we take a work of art, media, or resource and we bless it, i.e. recommend it, or diss it, i.e. curse it. So, Nathan, do you have your edgy blesses and curses for us? I'm going to bless, and this is a movie that's probably blessed by every like young millennial man <laughs> in, in existence, but you know, I apparently uh, was one of those at one point, and so I'm going to have to uh, take this opportunity to bless it. There's a movie, Emile Hirsch, um, called uh, uh, Into the Wild, and Into the Wild falls a, it's a true story, and it follows a true story of a young man who was accepted into an Ivy League school but he's had it with society. And so he takes uh, the money that his parents are going to pay for the school and he banks it. He doesn't go to college and he decides to go on this wild adventure into the wild. And so you follow his journey as he's traveling across um, America in these rural places and where he ends up. And this is spoilers. If you don't want to hear the in the movie, uh, leave now <laughs> or fast forward to Joseph's Blessings and Curses. Um, but in the end, he ends up in the the rural wilds of Alaska. Um, I mean, just miles and miles from any civilization, because that is what he's been led to believe will bring him happiness and fulfillment. If he can just get away from it all, kind of what we were talking about today. And so he moves and he lives literally in the school bus he fashions into a makeshift home. And he lives there and um, and he, he kept journals. That's how we know this. And then years later, they end up finding him because his parents are looking for him. His family is looking for him and they end up finding him. They find his journals and they find all the things that he thought along his journey, you know, that this is going to be the answer. This, you got to get away from it all. And that's where true real life happens. And the last thing he ever wrote was a regret that he had done this. And he, and he wrote, um, love is only real when shared. Wow. And what he, by that is love and fulfillment and goodness doesn't happen in isolation. Yes, there are problems with family. Yes, there are problems with quote society and people around you and and the the, the craziness. And yes, I, I admit there's craziness of modern culture, um, but you will not find the fulfillment and the 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 satiation to your needs and and desires um, isolated from everything, even in a beautiful place. Um, what he probably needed was just to go off for a walkabout, <laughs> you know, a month or two, and then come back restored. But what he did is he he decided to make an entire life where it put him in the wilderness, totally isolated, where he died alone. Um, and ultimately, he realized that love is only real and shared. And I think that's a really good picture and something for us to remember. And something that I've continued to remember every time I have that, I think, <laughs> through a cabin in the woods, I remember his story. I remember those words. And I remember, you know, these people around me are annoying or difficult. 
but they're also people made in the image of God. And love is real when I share it with them. And and so is fulfillment and and the answer to my deepest longings. I'm and trying to be less annoying, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I only moved literally across the <laughs> I can take it for one hour a week. Zoom, but that's that I that's respectable. I respect that. That's fair. <laughs> but uh so it's I I, I will bless not only um as is it um I think a really uh salient message, but I think also the the performances just from an acting standpoint. Yeah. Oh Hallbrook, um, who recently passed, well, is one of the breakingly beautiful performances um I've ever seen. Actually, this is really relevant. Sorry, my bless has gone on a little little bit, but along his journey, he meets this old man who's played by Hal Hallbrook. And um, how Holbrook is alone, his wife died, his family is left, and they they form this bond and this friendship. And Hal says to this young man, he's a teenager, I believe, at this point, he says, I want to adopt you. I want you to come live with me. Um, I want to help you and and support you. And because they form this really deep friendship, and but this young man still has this idea in his mind that he'll only ever find true happiness away from everyone. And so he he heartbreakingly says, I can't stay. I have to follow this this thing, this this uh, this idea, this image in my mind, and um, it's just heartbreaking the way Hal Albert plays it. But it's so. But this movie is filled with amazing performances, beautiful cinematography. It is heartbreaking. So if you're not ready for a sad movie, uh, don't watch it. But it it is, I think, really, um, yeah, really good. So that's my bless. Um, and your curse. Oh man, I don't want to do this. Do it. <laughs> I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. Well, I, the only reason I don't want to do it is because I'm going to make everyone mad at me. Too late. And so I reserve the right to be wrong, all right? So I'm wrong. Just go ahead and say whatever Nathan's going to say next. He's wrong. What an idiot. That's fine. I'll speak very just personally. So for the past, I don't know, 10, 15, I don't know how many years, the amount of people who <laughs> me and said, you have to read this person you have it is going to change your life it's going to change your world it is the most amazing and i was telling joseph before this isn't the, the way people talk about um the, the, this writer is not how they talk about you know a movie they liked recently it is close to worship the 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 hyperbole in the 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 uh, vocabulary that is attached to describing this person and their work um but but what they're really describing isn't so much just their work. It's the idealized image and fantasy of this person and the life they live, um, which is, you know, that happens to a lot of figures. But I so I, I did it. I said, OK, I'm going to read this apparently life changing, world altering um, writing. And it was a, a book of poetry by the poet Wendell Berry. Um, and I tried. Oh, please. Everyone just we just lost 2000 subscribers. <laughs> Uh, but so oh, I, I read it and the poet listen he, he's a talented writer cool. I think um, there's some good prose in there I think the, the imagery that he weaves in his words can be very beautiful but what I ended up finding was that his poetry and his words and more than his poetry and words his person um, is allowing people to live into this fantasy that outside of cities, outside of where people are and society exists, everything's good. That that's how we are all made. We are all made to live on farms. And that's the only way to have happiness or find beauty in the world. And, and so there's a few reasons this is wrong. One, 
I've experienced some of the most insanely beautiful things in the cities I've visited, and very much so in New York. I mean, goodness gracious, the art and beauty there. So on mm. his face, that's not true. I know it's a different kind of beauty. I've also experienced natural mm. beauty, which is absolutely stunning, but there's multiple kinds of beauty. And, you know, the differentiation is, you know, one is God's beauty, which is amazing. And one is the creation of God's creation, which is Thank also you. amazing. Um, and I think both of those are worthy to investigate. But the way he talks about it is that it's so monolithic. And it's no. so separatist. And this is the only way to live or, or see beautiful things. The other part is, even if you want to live on a farm in a beautiful cottage, um, that's such a privileged thing to <laughs> say. Listen, I've had moments in my life where I wanted to go buy a piece of land and live on a farm. Guess what? They were a million dollars. And I don't have a spare million dollars to spend on a farm um, with a lake in front of it where I can walk through the fields. Much less his whole thing like you shouldn't work. So you should be able to buy this million-dollar farm, and you really shouldn't work. You should just walk through the fields and admire whatever. And that's great for a best-selling million-dollar, a multi-million-dollar author to say. But for most of us, one, we can't afford the farm in the middle of nowhere, the beautiful lake. And two, we can't afford to just walk through fields all day. And so to me, it came yeah. off very um, – uh, I don't know. I'm looking for a better word than the one I want to say. Um, but it is a privileged thing that preyed on people's frustrations with where they were in life. And it promises them this thing that doesn't exist necessarily. I know there's good and beautiful things. Of course, I love that. I, I would love to own a farm one day that I can escape to. But I think it promises people a fantasy of what that is. And it puts a pressure on them to do that lest they not live, quote, a real life. And even more, it puts shame on people who don't want to do that or weren't called to do that. Yeah, it does. It it what I found is a one of the worst things is is his work creates in people who read it contempt for people who don't live that lifestyle or um, you know systems that aren't part of that lifestyle. And the irony is that those systems and those you know uh, people are often the ones who make it possible to fund his lifestyle. So it creates a can you know a sort of. It's like the caste system, you know, in India prior to the, you know, reformations of that is like we we need the untouchables, but we're not going to show them respect to society. So there is that it builds a contempt for city people and the work and the, you know, and the markets and the business and wealth creation that make his lifestyle possible. I was telling well, you before. Good. Well, yeah, well, I want you to finish it, but as I was going to say on that, it's interesting that uh, a big part of his thing is... It <laughs> is critiquing modern society and how it's evil, everyone wanting to make money and stuff. Yet all of his books are bestsellers and they're all on Amazon. And, you know, he talks about the evils of internet and technology, yet the way his mythos is is um, permeated throughout culture is via the internet, via yeah. websites, via journals, via online blogs. So it, there's a kind of inherent hypocrisy in him. And then he talks about the simple life while um, having sold millions of books. And okay. so there's just this kind of on its face hypocrisy that's really hard for me to look over as I read it. But yeah, continue. Sorry. Yeah. And, and yes. Uh, so and I, I have, you know, one of my professors at uh, the King's College, he's a, a black professor called Dr. Anthony Bradley. And he said one thing I'll never forget. He said about Wendell Berry, which is he said, I've never, never met a black person who loves Wendell Berry. Oh. And, you know, is he elaborates on that point like, is that it's that a that idea that it is a privileged lifestyle to be able to say i'm going to go with all of this massive wealth 
to create this lifestyle for myself. It's not something that everybody can do. It's and it and the other thing is it doesn't actually solve the problems of the people who can't do that. The promises. You know? Yeah. Yes. It, it it's it's so like and the thing is the truly downtrodden know that their answer to their problems is not to do what Wendell Berry did because they can't do that. And they also know that the people who are saying, let's go off and separate from society are not coming to help them, you know? And there's room within his work for those people who aren't able to do that yes. to say, you look like where you are. Exactly. So it's, it's, so yeah, I, I, I have, I have, those are, you know, my problems with Wendell Berry as well. So I approve of your curse and I welcome everyone explaining to us why we're wrong. Uh, to make about modern society and cities. My Absolutely. Thing, there's only one way, um, but there's also valid critiques to make about, about right. the country. And yes, no, I, I even handed a writer who can see the nuances in life. And I didn't find that within his work. Yeah. I, yeah, I found contempt for people who didn't live the way he did. Um, uh, so yeah. Okay, cool. Well, sounds great. I look forward to all of the extremely thoughtful and nuanced responses to that. Um, There's and- a reason we went at the very end. <laughs> yeah. After we uh, finished the first segment. All, all, all the lazy thinkers have already tuned out of our... <laughs> yes. um, so my... Yeah. Uh, so, again, I don't, I don't watch or read a lot of people going off by themselves into the wilderness books because I just don't find it very interesting, which, it, you know, again, I'm broken. I understand. But um, I will, I have blessed, uh, do I uh, I guess, do I I'm actually, I'm, I haven't blessed this I don't think in a very long time. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I did watch it recently so I'm gonna, I'm going to bless, I'm gonna bless two movies. I'm gonna bless, what is, I'm gonna bless Jaws. The reason for that <laughs> <laughs> because that is a movie that is about the conflict between civilization and and the savage wilderness and the problems with both because again in in the society and civilization they show the problems of being so obsessed with comfort that they don't want to take evil seriously and they don't want to take threats to their safety seriously and there's no room for that in their world and again, that's that is a problem with civil being too civilized is that you you don't want anything that might disturb that. And then, of course, but the fact is, you do live in a world where the rest of the world exists, you know, and and you might need to actually, you know, do something about it. And so then you have people who go off into, you know, into the wild in order to deal with that, but that that can be corrupting, too. As you see with, you know, and again, first of all, like most, the, the people who are the most savage and unable to live in civilization are the people who don't survive, you know? And so I think it, it's, you know, I've had this conversation, I had a conversation with Kelia where I was trying to explain to her how awesome <laughs> Jaws is. And I don't think I convinced her, but like, but that's, but it's, it's, there is that aspect of it going on is, is I think really beautiful about it. Um, I'm also going to, this one, I'm also going to bless um, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Um, oh, it, that's I think I haven't seen all the westerns that are out there, even some of the best ones. To me, that's the best western I've ever seen. And one of the things it does through the character of of John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart, who kind of represent again the savage western lifestyle and civilization, they wrestle with you know, do we kind of need both? 
and do and and what the virtues and vices are of both. And I I'm really um it's it do a really good job with that. So if you were interested in this, good. I did think about and you guys can all thank me for not. I did think about blessing Red Dead Redemption again. <laughs> All right, all right, but that's a good one too. Sorry, it is. It really is, though. Um, uh, then for curse, I'm gonna also fall upon the sword of the internet's ire um, and curse a beloved classic. <laughs> yes, uh, you didn't think it was gonna be the you didn't think it was gonna be the cabin in the woods one that would get us canceled, but um, <laughs> I'm gonna curse uh, the um, Tom Hanks Castaway. Oh. And- <laughs> And Absolutely. yeah, so like I I didn't watch it growing up. I only watched it sort of later, kind of as an adult with my family. And I remember being massively disappointed in it. And uh, the thing is, the good stuff is in the middle, where Tom Hanks is, you know, getting to do an acting class of him just by himself yelling at a ball, um, <laughs> and trying to learn to survive by himself. But he kind of cheats because they they let him use a bunch of stuff from civilization in order to survive that he's got in the packages. <laughs> and also the other stuff, like that's maybe 40 minutes of the movie and the rest of it is before and after whereas there's this really cringy melodrama that does not age well. Believe me, it does <laughs> about yeah. about, you know, affairs and kind of like, you know, and and trying to do a pseudo-philosophical thing about the best way to find happiness is to move on from the previous things in your life. And again, we know that, sure, there are times you do need to move on, but you need to move on to something. And they, they really just, I'm not even going to give them the dignity of saying they thought through this. They were just trying to do some emotional kind of mellow jargon, but there's a reason that people only remember the middle of it because that's there's the that's the good stuff and the rest of it is just garbage so i i i'm i'm gonna say it's a fine movie very overrated but the but really just the middle stuff is is what's good in it the rest of it's pretty bad so that's where i'm gonna uh where i'm gonna curse and so you know objectively right he is a film critic so (laughs) it's exactly right him hey mail about that he is objectively correct. So sorry. I, I'm paid for my opinions, and therefore <laughs> that makes mine more important than yours. <laughs> I don't actually believe that. Don't send me at me about that email. Um. Anyway, but uh, yeah. So this is great. This is a fun conversation. I'm I'm really interested to see what people think of this. Have you thought about going off and going to a cabin in the woods to solve your problems? Do you think it would solve their problems? Your problems? Why? Um. And tell us what you think. Uh. And if you have internet, if you are in a cabin in the woods, if you have internet, you know, then tell us what it's like. Uh, if people want to get in touch with us and want to uh, engage more with our, um, and talk to us about that and get in touch with us and get in touch with you, where can they go, Nathan? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.world. Okay, Woo! I'll say journal.world. Again, .com just wasn't big enough for us. <laughs> like dot universe but right now we're at the overthinkers journal dot world and this is a place you can send us all of your hate mail i hope we get some love mail but i'm expecting a lot of hate mail from the blesses and curses episode today so you can go there to send it all to us we um just like any attention so good or bad <laughs> is all feeds our egos so please send it we'd love to see it um you can also join our online private group the overthinkers on facebook we'd love to have you there if you want to get in touch with me, uh, search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Go to my website at nathanclarkson.me and uh, pick up my book, 
Good Man, where I actually talk about some of the stuff we talked about today and what are the true needs and desires in the human heart. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's that's me. Buy my book, go to my website, all that stuff. Cool. You can also go to my website at josephholmstudios.com. You can find me on any of the socials as well. And of course, you can find my regular, objectively correct uh, film critic opinions uh, every week at religionunplugged.com, where you can send me, you can also send me nasty uh, comments (laughs) about my uh, opinions there. Um, This is multiple places. Um, But yeah, anyway, so uh, thank you everybody so much for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. 